uh, I kind of, I want to talk about um, compassion tonight because someone asked me to, and I do requests. Um, yes, so please. <laughs> and for those of you at home, just email them in. I'm, I'm here for you. That's how I got into Undefended Heart because somebody asked me to do a Dharma talk on it seven, eight years ago. Been talking about it ever since. It's actually made a big difference in my life. So you never know what's going to happen. So it was, and compassion's never, ever, ever a bad topic. Um, it's like last week I talked about gratitude, which is never, ever, ever a waste of time to reflect on gratitude. I think it's important. It's a real great pathway to the present moment because if you're grat if you're grateful, then you're not bitching about something that's not going right somewhere along the line. And the compassion is really very, very powerful. I think as well. And there's a saying that insight meditation that we we fly on the, the the wings of awakening, and the wings of awakening are insight and seeing clearly what is happening in this moment so that's wisdom that's one wing and the other wing is compassion so that you're not just a brainiac coldly dispassionately examining things but you also have a heart that you're touched and um, the word karuna is the word in the language that the Buddhist teachings were written down in Pali and karuna means compassion and it actually means quivering of the heart so it means that you are touched by the uh, suffering of others, by the suffering of yourself. You're included in this. When, when I, that's what I always have to remember is that it's not just about you doing it for others. It's about you doing it for yourself as well. All of these things, all of these teachings. So I just wanted to go over that. Um, and go over compassion and then get some conversation going because people people can struggle with this and come to it from so many different points of view. It's not something, I mean, sometimes we can come to compassion uh, more easily than other times and other times we're shut down. It, I think a lot, it, all of it depends on our conditioning, where we come from when you were, when you were talking about how your thinking thoughts during meditation were like hurting cats, and you've heard hurting cats, <laughs> that can bring up a compassionate response like, oh, poor kitties, oh, they're being hurt. Or those, uh, not <laughs> I know, I'm not saying that, but it's just, or those, those, those horrible commercials, you know, with about the ASPCA, and they show all those images of those, those poor critters. And I was in the kitchen the other night, and I heard it on in the living room, and I'm like, ah, turn that off, I can't even hear it. But that brings up the, that really connects, or, or when we think about these poor children in cages, you know, right now, that for many people, for many people, not for all people, but for many people, brings up this this compassion. Or when we see, you know, uh, earthquakes or hurricanes or people dealing with great tragedy, you know, all these shootings, um, it brings up compassion. And then sometimes there's this, you know, thinking about the shootings, there's this this fatigue as well that we, we tend to shut down. 
we tend to turn off because we can't deal with it. It's, it seems overwhelming sometimes. So compassion is, um, is, uh, can be very complex, but I think it's always something, a, a place we want to work towards, an aspiration to have. What's it the, the Dalai Lama says his, his religion is compassion? It's that ability to be open to whatever it is, which is bottom line what, this, what all these teachings are about. It's how can I turn towards whatever is present with kindness, with friendliness. Those are the instructions in meditation. Don't say no to your mind. Don't get, you know, don't um, wag your finger in judgment about what you're feeling or thinking. It's, it's what's there. How can you be with it? How can you be with it? Um, and in the suttas, it says that through goodwill, um, there will not be evil towards anyone. Alert and mindful compassion pervades all four directions. It talks about all the heart practices. In traditional teachings, there's the four heart practices, loving kindness, compassion, appreciative joy, and equanimity. And we cultivate those through, um, I mean, it's held with this idea of goodwill. We come with an attitude of goodwill towards all, towards all beings. It's in, um, in the Buddhist teaching on the Eightfold Path, which is how to get through, get through this world without um, causing harm to yourself or others and to uh, get to a place of freedom and liberation and awakening. And in the second factor of the Eightfold Path is wise intention. And inside wise intention, is, it is, means to live with goodwill towards all, have an attitude of goodwill, which is and also non-harming. And letting go of what doesn't serve. That's wise intention. So you set an intention for your life to have this goodwill towards all. And if you're faced with suffering, you react with compassion. You react with compassion. I think, and I think I've read it a couple of places that um, was it that really actually compassion is our natural state, but we've got so much. Um, crap piled up that we've developed through our lives, you know, protection mechanisms that sometimes it's hard to connect with it. So we have to cultivate it. We have to really make an effort to uh, bring compassion into our lives. And the way we do that is by seeing how we, the walls we run up against. Again, with everything we want to cultivate, it's like what keeps us from doing what we need to do. Um, I was listening to something today, and he's talking about how conflict makes com compassion difficult. You see that in, 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 I'm trying to think of something that's not super hyperbole, but it's like in our faces constantly today, there's so much conflict and so much meanness and so much lack, a seeming lack of compassion. But we don't know, really, because all we see are these little tips of people. We just see, you know, um, two-dimensional. We experience people two-dimensionally through social media, through print, through whatever. Uh, so we see this hatred, we see this anger. But, I, you know, I see the awful rhetoric spewed by people I went to grammar school with. And then I also see 
um, the love they have for their family. So, you know, it's, it's, it's not easy. It's not, I, I wish it were so easy to take people who were awful and to put them in a, in a, um, a pile. In fact, I know Alexander Solzhenitsyn has a quote about that, which is really an awesome quote, and which I actually don't know if I have it with me, but he talks about how it would be so easy if, um, if evil people were really just shot through with evil. So we could take them and put them in a pile and go, okay, there's the evil over there, but it's not. We're all... We all have the human condition. We all um, move through this world as conditioned beings. Um, we're all not one way or the other. We're all not awful and we're all not terrific all the time. But hopefully we see where we're not our best, where we do cause harm, where we do fall down, where we do create um, havoc and say, I don't want to do that anymore. How do I move away from that? That's, that's where the wisdom comes in. That's where this practice comes in. That's where really paying attention to how we react to people comes in. Um, so how we react in conflict, how we react to those folks, how we react to those people who really press our buttons. Is it compassionately? <laughs> that's generally not our go-to. Go-to is like, uh, fuck you, motherfucker. How many times can I use that word in a sentence? Yes. Um, so <laughs> that's where we go. And, you know, and, and that's heightened right now. That's heightened right now. So it's really easy to feed into it. And it doesn't, it's not a place of, it's not, that's not how you cultivate compassion. So what you have to do is recognize that Conflict is maybe not the best place to, when you're in that place. is not um, where you want to start. <laughs> but start, you know, start um, maybe when you hit your elbow against the dresser. And that really is painful. Instead of saying, oh, you stupid. When are you going to stop hitting your elbow against the dresser? Or who's the jerk who put this dresser in my way? And instead go, ow, that really hurts. There's a shift. Noticing how maybe the immediate response is anger or the immediate response is, is lashing out. And instead pausing and reacting in a different way, responding with kindness, with goodwill. And if, it's, if there's suffering involved, the goodwill comes out as compassion, as, oh, I see your suffering, and it touches me, and I'm sorry, including ourselves, including ourselves. That doesn't mean it's easy, that, even to yourself. I mean, it took years before I stopped Telling myself I was stupid for you know hitting my elbow against a you know a corner of a dresser or whatever the equivalent of that is. It really takes practice. It really takes an awareness of when you're in that place of anger or when you're in that place of being all worked up 
recognizing what that feels like instead of just going along on that for with the with the ride and letting this is where it the ties in with the practice of this insight meditation where when you're practicing in meditation you're you see how easy it is to just go along with the thinking but as you do this more and more often you start saying oh wait that thought i don't let go let go of that thought it's taking me down a road i don't want to go down it leads me to having pretzels in my stomach and then i feel bad the next day for what i said because i reacted from anger i reacted from fear i reacted from any i reacted from all kinds of things um let me come back let me pause let me perhaps re- react a different way and even if i can't get to confi- compassion let me not cause any harm i mean this is all a, 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 a none of this happens overnight let me say that this is all a, a practice and a progression and a and a trial and an error and what works and what doesn't work and and oh man i did it again um how do i make right what i did wrong or whatever so it's 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 a journey of seeing where you are and seeing where you need to get to. Um, when we're caught up in not compassion, we're caught up in judging. We're caught up in comparing. We're caught up in self-righteousness. There's a there's a thing in these teachings about near enemies and far enemies and um uh the, the so the far enemy of of compassion is like um cruelty and aversion and anger and hatred so when you are in in anger or when you're in really hatred or cruelty or any of those types of things that's obviously the opposite of compassion and if you notice that you're there you want to pay attention it's like wow what's that and a maybe bring if you can even allow the idea in to have some compassion for those emotions again it's not like oh you dumbass you're angry you're not supposed to be angry because a lot of us are taught we can't we're not allowed to be angry but women in our culture are taught that anger is not okay or, and men even sometimes it's not okay to be angry or our families tell us give us these messages or school beats us into us or whatever you're not it's not okay but we can't help the emotions that arise we can't help if anger arises we can't help if anger you know these things arise it's how we hold them it's how we move with them that is our um is an option we have when we've cultivated the wisdom to see it otherwise we're just reacting blindly but if we take the time and we pause and we see it then we act, react or respond with wisdom sometimes we just don't say anything instead of calling somebody a name or punching or doing what we normally do we just hold it and just go oh there's anger here i'm just going to not say anything i'm going to absent myself because that's the wiser move i don't want to cause harm I mean I find myself sometimes walking around the house screaming fuck you at the TV but it, or when things happen screaming people just get me so angry out my immediate response is going to be and a, a whole bunch of stuff that comes out of my mouth because 
I'm proud of my potty mouth. And it just flies out. And then I go, okay, and that's not gonna ha- that's not how I'm gonna show up. That's not how I'm gonna show up. Not that I would ever show up that way, because I was like always a chicken shit. I'm like, no, I was like, please like me. I will never say anything mean to you, please like me. But in my head, I would think about it. So, but until my sarcasm took over, and then I would come out that way. Because <laughs> that's how I operated, a little manipulative and sarcastic. But that was how I got back at people. It felt a little safer. So you have to see how you show up and how you handle these emotions that are, that are aversive, that are causing a separation between you and, and someone else or even you and yourself. So those are the far enemies. And, but the near enemies are um, a little bit more subtle. They kind of, you know, like self-righteousness like, or, or pity, you poor thing. That's a place of condensation. That's not a place of equality. That's a place of, um, if you were better, I feel so bad for you. You know, that kind of, ugh. Um, and there's a little bit of self-righteousness in that. So just to recognize that as well. Um, so those are, those, are, those are things how um, you may feel like you're compassionate, but you're maybe not really. Sometimes we get afraid of compassion because it can seem overwhelming. You know, like there's compassion fatigue. Like, if that happens, then I will be overcome and I will drown. Especially, well, you know, I don't want to say especially, but it seems like with all the media, we get all this stuff happening all the time. I think this shit's been going on for a long time. But it's in our face now. I mean, um, I mean, if you see some of the newspapers from around the Civil War and they're talking, you know, they're talking about this happened three days ago, you know, because news took a while to get. And before the printing press, I mean, people would go away and you wouldn't see them for four years and you never heard from them for four years because it took that long to get anywhere and get back. And so the time has sped up so much. It's just really sped up, so it seems overwhelming, but it's, you know, and I'm, I'm going to write about this, I think. I'm going to do a little blog about the Kurds, because the Kurds were like headlines. Was it only a month and a half ago when, when um, Trump said, yeah, to Turkey, do whatever the hell you want, and Turkey went in and started blasting the Kurds? And, I, and because I spent a lot of time in, in Kurdish territory in Syria, it's really up for me, and I'm like... That, their 15 minutes of fame is over, but that doesn't mean the suffering isn't still happening. And we've moved on to the next thing, so this stuff is just going on all the time. So it's really easy to feel that we're overwhelmed by what's happening. It, it, it's like, give me a cave, I'm going to put on my hoodie and turn the music up really loud and eat a lot of sugar, and then I'll be okay. And... What we have to do is um, regulate. And by that I mean is you have to take care of yourself. Thich Nhat Hanh talks about that by watching what, guarding your sense doors. What are you reading? What are you listening to? Who are you talking to? Really take care of yourself. It doesn't mean you don't care. That's really important, but we can only handle so much. We can't be on the front lines all the time. You know, uh, um, people who do this work suffer burnout a lot, and they have to take care of themselves so they don't suffer burnout. And it's not 
because they don't care. It's being compassionate towards themselves. So you have to be compassionate towards yourself. You have to take care of yourself. It doesn't mean you're not willing to feel the suffering of others or be touched by it. It just, does, it just means you don't bathe in it. And it means you have to recognize that you can't fix it all either. I think there's a, there's a call to action with compassion where we feel we want to take care of stuff, but we also have to recognize that we can't do it all. We cannot. And we have to let go of any expectations that we're going to fix it all, that it's going to get done in our lifetime. It ain't going to get done in our lifetime. Diana Winston, talked when she talks about this, she says, think in geologic time. Think in geologic time. This stuff, is, this stuff has been going on for a while. It's going to keep going on. You know, when, when Trump was elected a couple of years ago, I, my, one of my reflections was, is like, too bad I'm not going to live long enough to see how this ends. Because it's not going to end in my lifetime. This stuff has been going on for a few years, and, and the ramifications are going to keep rolling out, and I'm not going to see how all this plays out. And that's just, you know, he's just a blip in the timeline. There's a lot of stuff that I'm not going to see. It's that mortality thing. None of us are going to see how this ends. So um, to recognize that, that um, we have to take care of ourselves and we can't do it all, that's compassion. That's compassion. Um, Oh, that's where I have it here. Jack Hornfield says, compassion is our deepest nature. And it rises from our interconnection with all beings. When we begin to see how we're all, uh, we all are um, shared, what is it? We all have this, we share this thing called humanity. All of us share this thing called humanity. There's an interconnectedness that we begin to feel that allows us to be more in touch with our compassion. That's been my experience. And my it's come, uh, and I've heard this from other people, the way I got there was very counterintuitive, was through being more compassionate to myself and learning to be kinder to me, to when I hit my elbow go, oh, ow, that hurts, instead of dumbass. You know, it's like, oh, that hurts. And when I would have feelings of anger arise or feelings of, of inadequacy arise, instead of coming in with the mental habit of you shouldn't feel that or why are you still thinking that way or how can you feel jealous? You're not so You're better than that. You know better. That berating, that judging. That's the harshness. That's not compassion. That's not, and it doesn't serve. So if you can let go of that, that judging, that comparison, and go, wow, jealousy doesn't feel good. Anger doesn't feel good. And turn that compassion on yourself. And at some point, you may have the, you recognize the genesis of those emotions. You may, you may not. Where they, where they got embedded in your, life, your life's journey. Sometimes we see where they come from, the fears, the angers, the whatever. Um, but to be compassionate towards ourselves for what we are experiencing. You have to be compassionate towards yourself for what you experience. You can't help it. That's why you say, you say hello to your feelings, not, no, get out of here. We are experts at saying, get lost. Go away, go away, stuff you down, stuff you down. But they show up. 
eventually, somehow, somewhere. So this, this practice is an invitation to say hello. And when you can turn towards your own experience and be compassionate to your own experience, then it's easier to become more compassionate to others. Because you see how you're just, you know, you get snot in your nose when you get a cold, and they get snot in their noses when they get cold. That's a quote from Pema Chodron. She said, even enlightened beings get snot in their nose when they have a cold. So we have this shared humanity. And we all suffer from this conditioning. Some people are still incredibly unenlightened. They're still caught in that grip of greed and hatred and delusion. And I can still have compassion for them and not invite them into my house for Thanksgiving because they're, they're, they cause harm and they're not wise. They're caught in this greed and this hatred and delusion. It's like, I've been, I've been laughing at that billionaire who cried because he was afraid Elizabeth Warren was gonna take some of his money away. I've been, I think I've been cracking jokes about him the last three weeks, actually. Just a little judgy on my part. But if it, when I was thinking about this today, I re, he was crying because he was so afraid, I don't know how many billions of dollars he has, but that he might be taxed more and that he was going to lose some of his money. So there's this place I can come to of a, vers, a version of putting up a wall between me and him and going, seriously, dude, you can't spare a million dollars out of your how many billions? Or I can shift and I can go, that guy is really suffering. I can be judgy about it, and I can say, really, we need to shift how we view the economics in this country and capitalism and stuff. But that guy, in that moment, he was suffering. Do I want to harden myself? It doesn't have any impact on him, but it has an impact on me when I continue to develop the, the judgy way of behaving. I can, oh, he's okay to harden my heart too, but not that. I start picking and choosing who's okay to be compassionate towards and not compassionate towards. I was in a conference years ago and I remember Joseph Goldstein said, there are no hierarchies of compassion. You know, just like we don't have, um, you know, we don't have, oh, my story is worse than your story. I've suffered more than you suffered. You know, these suffering Olympics, you know, I, I suffer more than you suffer. And it's like, well, you're, one person is not more worthy of compassion than another person. Just because what they look like, where they come from, what they're experiencing, it's all valid. Because that's how we shortchange ourselves, too. It's like, how can I be, I shouldn't be compassionate towards myself. Look at all those other people who have so much less than I do. It's like, no, we're all worthy of compassion. We're all worthy of kindness. So I don't want to harden my heart to anybody. It doesn't mean being an idiot, idiot compassion, where we just turn into doormats and say, oh, boy, you here, take my life. La, 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 la. We don't do that. We say, you are suffering. I have compassion for you. And the way you're living your life is causing tremendous harm. And maybe we can make you see something differently. Or you're causing harm, and you need to be removed. Or you abused me terribly and I see why I, un I have an understanding somehow of what caused you your suffering. Because nobody, you know, what they say, hurt people hurt people. 
People do this because no one, no one is pristine and perfect. We all have our condition. So the invitation is to be compassionate to all beings. There's one of the suttas says in talking about loving kindness and goodwill is that even if you are attacked by robbers and they cut off your arms and legs, you still don't hate them. You still hold them with, with goodwill. You don't put that armor up in your heart. You say, you, need to, you can't ever come around me again because you're not trustworthy and you cause great harm, but I don't want to have that, that anger in my heart. I don't want to carry that coal in my heart because you don't feel it, I do. It's about being, that's about being compassionate towards ourselves. And as I said, it's a really long road to hoe. We don't get here overnight. And you only put your toe in the water when you start this practice, when you go, I need to learn how to, I want to be more compassionate. Don't start with the most horrible person in your life. You can start with the annoying neighbors or something like that. Start with yourself slowly. Don't berate yourself for something that you're, you all have, if you think about it, is there something that you're always getting on yourself about? Can you be kind to yourself? Can you, can you shift the vocabulary and how you talk to yourself to be more kind? Because when you do that, that we do that because we want to feel better. We are, the, com the committee is on our side, that committee in our head is on our side, but it's really poor. It's does it not very good at how it goes about being nice to us or, or it's like, you know, if I yell louder, then maybe you'll do it right and you won't feel so bad. But it it's, doesn't work. It's kindness, understanding, and accountability. It's accountability as well. So um, you want to see the big picture. So see how all beings suffer. And that's probably what drives them to do what they do. So I want to have compassion towards the person. I might, I might forgive the person, but not forgive the action. So we separate the two. We, we have compassion towards the actor, but say the action is not okay. There's a big difference. And this is where the practice of equanimity comes in too for people who are suffering. It's like your happiness depends on your actions, not on my wishes for you. It's really a powerful practice, the practice of equanimity. Compassion is I see your suffering and I may your suffering end. May my suffering end. I see your suffering. I'm touched by it. I feel it. And your happiness depends on your actions and what you do. And sometimes we give somebody a hand up and sometimes we say, go away. I cannot see you. And it takes Persistent practice, so it's easier to write than to say. It takes persistent practice to allow these things to sink into the heart. It's really important. And the Buddha says that love, you know, hatred never ceases through hatred. It's only through love. It's the, we, and compassion is a cultivation of that. It's part of the cultivation of um, that. And... Um, Audrey Lord says we have to consciously study how to be tender with each other until it becomes a habit. We have to continually study how to be tender with each other. 
And this is a huge practice. And so don't have expectations that you're going to walk out this door and just rain compassion on all beings because it's challenged because we are damaged people too that we, and we need to heal. So we start slowly. You start where you are. Where do you struggle? struggle? Where's your wall? Where do you need to start going, okay, I have to take care of myself right here. I have to take care of myself in this moment. What's the wisest thing? Like I said earlier, I just, sometimes I just don't yell at people. Or sometimes I just am not sarcastic and get them that way. Okay, I abstain from causing harm. That's something. If, if you were really good at causing harm, abstaining from causing harm, victory. Victory. So you start where you are and put your toe in the water and take care of yourself. Sometimes it's like, uh, and then you have to draw back. Slowly, 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 but with the intention to continue moving because it's, um, it's beneficial to you. And the more you take care of yourself, the more you can take care of others. You know, oxygen mask in an airplane, drop them down. The more you take care of you, the more you take care of your others. So I think that's my, um, my, uh, my thoughts on um, compassion. There's a whole lot more, but I'm going to stop there.